Hello and welcome once again to Penny Earful, the officially unofficial podcast for Showtime's Penny Dreadful. This is for episode 305, This World is Our Hell. This podcast is our oyster. (laughs) How did you like this episode, Cecily? It's good. By the way, BT dubs, I'm Aaron. And I'm Cecily, as you may have heard. Yep. That's Um, what the rumor is. I was talking over the water cooler today, Ooh. and I was, because I actually have coworkers that watch this show, and yeah. not any of the other crazy popular ones. <laughs> yeah, right. So, I'm lucky that way. I uh, got some cool coworkers. But I was saying that this is my least favorite episode. I didn't not like this episode, just my least favorite so far. Is it a coincidence that, and I I agree with you. I think this is the the weakest episode of the season. But it's also, you know, we've had some crazy good ones. I don't think this is a bad episode. Um, but is it a coincidence that the one without Vanessa is the least interesting? No. Like I guess I never real. I thought that Ethan could ca- ca- kind of carry his own half of a show. Mm-hmm. But I feel like she's kind of the the gravity well everything else orbits around. Well, they gave us four powerhouse episodes of just these incredibly um enticing storylines yeah with if i had to rank them i would say that ethan and hecate's storyline was at the bottom again not to say that i don't think it's interesting right just not as interesting and you only gave us tidbits of the rung above that that's more interesting well you know what (laughs) or about even i think that's the real problem because there are some interesting things happening here it's just i don't know enough information to have a really emotionally invested, like, Ethan hates his father. I kind of sort of understand why, but a lot of that stuff was murky until this episode. Right. I didn't understand. I still, uh, to Kate and A and his relationship, I don't fully understand the nature of how Ethan got cursed. And, like, if I guess if I'd known that, and these were long-standing beefs that we're finally seeing quashed, it would be... It, it might hit a little harder for me, but... And I, I get it, like... Did some of these are long-standing beefs, but it's not like I've ever seen Ethan's dad until this episode, right? Or and, and, and knew that he season. had a POV that could have been anything other than mustache twirling evil person. Exactly, but I I feel like I got a lot of clarity. Their storyline was laid out. All of their storylines. So it's an interesting way to tell a story where essentially the audience is finding out for the very first time why they should care about things as they're happening. But didn't you find yourself already caring about Ethan? I do. I like Ethan. I do like Ethan. That's why I'm so surprised that I guess, you know, like he's not going to, he's not going to fuck Satan or, uh, you know, I guess he's fucking Satan's bride, but he's, he's not going to roll with the devil. Satan's bride. Well, what is Hecate? He never got around to fucking her. Oh, she's just a minion. I guess. I thought that all witches are called the brides of Satan. Like that's the whole thing. They get wedded to him or something. They're night comers. Night com- oh, he just see? makes them come at night. <laughs> I don't know if that makes you a bride, you prude. That just means <laughs> they don't they're... have to be married to do that. <laughs> no, that's the they're they're a hotline bling. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, you know what I mean, though. I just can't see Ethan becoming Hellboy essentially, and I, don't I don't, also don't understand why a werewolf is a, the linchpin in Satan's plan. Like speaking it's... of Hellboy, it made sense that an actual demon with this crazy stone hand could be prophetically significant, but Ethan's a werewolf. So what's his Let's talk about that when we get there. All right. Um, We should probably start talking about the episode. Yeah. Yeah. First up, I just want to talk about, uh, I just want to wrap up and talk about Jekyll and Frankenstein's story. 
and then we'll get into the meaty parts. Another um, relationship I find very odd and hard to feel one way or another about. Right. It seems adversarial. At the same time, they're very much trying to make each other better yeah, by insulting each other or condescending to each other. I don't know, like brothers? It's weird how Frankenstein say? swings behind, between... I'm a borderline a non-functioning heroin addict that has given up on life to I am God's gift to science and you are your your science is shit and and you've got a bad temper and you're ugly and also you're an Indian or right. you are Indian rather yeah you're yeah essentially you're crude and you're impure and you're backwards <laughs> and also you're a half breed but also like, I've what? suffered more than you and I know more than you <laughs> yes. and so you couldn't possibly see the horrors I've seen and you don't, you don't know, know the, what injustice you is. don't know <laughs> the burden the white man has to carry in this society <laughs> like uh has an old woman thrown piss on you yes. and called you the n-word and told you to go back to Calcutta says her if not shut the fuck up but you, you don't understand he was in love and she left him well, that's the other thing. Like, all the things, about, I guess, endearing about him, I have a hard time relating to because that shit's creepy. Like, him espousing, I was only happy the few weeks where I had an artificially enfeebled woman that I could lie to and tell her this favorable story to make myself look good, and she boned me a time, and I want to return her to that subservient state. It's like... Was it... I get... You know, I mean... That's what some people want, but it's hard for me to see, like, root for in a protagonist. Was it Lily, or was it Jekyll, or was it even us on a previous podcast that said, uh, that speculated that he had never been in a relationship before? Because it seems very much an immature, emotional sure. relationship, Like, obviously. he's literally never been in a relationship before. I mean, that, right, that could be. Yeah, sure. It seems like... They were each other's first, and she blossomed into a mature man-hating woman, and uh, he started hating, well, I guess he didn't hate women. Right. He's just desperate to get the one back. Yeah, it's the same. Like, I think he's the stereotypical nice guy that thinks, that tries to do things to gain women's approval and thinks he's doing the right thing, but it's 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 actually kind of a horrifying box he's trying to put the female sex into. I, but it's I don't know, and also like when uh, Jekyll, uh, Doctor Jekyll, kind of got visibly annoyed and upset with the way he was carrying on. Mm-hmm. Frankenstein came back. Oh, that vicious rage! I'm like, no, he's not. Right. He's just pissed off at you being a douche. He's just goading him. Like I've seen this guy justifiably be upset by his life circumstances, and I guess there's this shadowy thing in his past where. He assaulted somebody, but, you know, then, then again, he said, you don't know what that guy said to me. And I could imagine a variety of circumstances that someone would say stuff to him that he would fly off the handle, and I'd be like, right on. Right. Like, he could have pistol whipped that old woman and threw piss on him, and I'd have been like, well, you know, that's a little far, but uh, it's Victorian era. It's a different age. Right. She started it. She didn't have any teeth left anyway, so. <laughs> uh. So they try out their new electrofli- electrified blends on... Mr. Balfour, he goes 24 hours without uh, waking up or having regression. Are are you surprised they didn't actually show the needle going in? Because I was was primed for it. I was bracing myself because that's one of the worst. Like eye trauma is is one of the most uncomfortable things to watch. It's my biggest fear. I can't stand in front of the garbage disposal because I think something's going to fly out and go into my eye. (laughs) I can't do it. Uh, you know that when you go to the eye doctor and they shoot air in your eyes? Oh, is that the worst for you? I can't. Hmm. It takes me like 20 minutes. Everyone's pissed. I just, well, I can eventually. Yeah. 
but I can't even. Mm. They have to strap uh, your head in like that for yeah, your own protection. They do. I'm going, ah, ah. <laughs> put the horse bit in your mouth. Yes, exactly like that. And then it's like, you know, uh, Mr. Hyde, or not Mr. Hyde, Dr. Jekyll was saying, are you going to be able to bring her to this place and strap her to this chair and put the horse, bread, uh, uh, horse bit, bit in her mouth? Then you can, it pans away to Frankenstein. He has a visible erection. Right. I was uncomfortable with that. Were you? <laughs> you would have been more comfortable with a needle going in the eye? Yeah. Yeah. That's the least of the things that, that uh, he, is going on here. <laughs> right. And then that scene where Jekyll sees his erection and he also gets an erection. Oh. I thought that was a little gratuitous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of erections, Victor comes home to his lab, uh, finally, I guess. And oh, this is, yeah, this guy. Smells, smells Lily's shirt that was left behind. And it seems like he has washed up a new uh, christening outfit for her in his resurrection tub. Yeah, do do your delicates in the resurrection tub. Just put a, a cap full of woolite in there and it'll be all right. Like what the hell? <laughs> if it's good enough to bring back a dead body, it's good <laughs> enough for your whites. To get your whites the whitest they've ever been. <laughs> and he cleans up the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any more thoughts about them? No, it's just like a, he's he's the look on his face is like a man who's looking forward to a you know, like to look in my, like it's my birthday and I know I'm going to go to the Brazilian steakhouse and I'm just thinking about it. Like, oh my God, those cowboys are going to come out. They're going to have the meat on the, and oh, it's going to, that, that's what he's, that's, mm-hmm. it's like he's looking forward to wrecking a buffet. He's turning over that green card. He is. He is. He's, <laughs> he's never going to turn the red card over on a Lily. <laughs> um, okay. So with Ethan's storyline, uh, Ethan is being chased, followed very closely by Rusk's men and Kate and and Malcolm are not far behind. Doesn't it seem like Kate and and Malcolm could have caught up to them a lot sooner? Well, like, actually, I'm somewhat impressed the- that they've caught up as soon as they had. But they're also like, you know, they they can't get around them unless it's at night, you know? Like, you can't just ride, you, you can't just overtake them on a highway kind of thing. I mean, it seems like they snuck up on them. Yeah, they're two quiet. guys versus what fifteen in the other party. The other party yeah. is visibly kicking up dust and whatnot. I right. still feel like that they can slink past them because the riders are probably taking the most direct path towards Ethan, mm-hmm. and that's what Kaitene and Sir Malcolm want to do. So they're just kind of at an impasse. They're waiting for their opportunity. So they set up camp in this valley with a big fire because they feel safe. Yeah, that's an um, intimidation tactic. For the very I thought too. Last time. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and they both have their plans on how they're going to kill all the, what do you call this group? Huntsmen? Huntsmen. Uh, bounty hunters, right? Uh, oh, marshals. They're, marshals. they're a group of marshals. Um, so while they're camped out, Rusk tells a story about how he was a super badass and he was ambushed and completed his mission of hauling this assassin in before reporting to the infirmary. Mm-hmm. Do you buy him as a badass? Uh, yeah, I think so. Think back when he had his good, and that's uh, I've, I'm questioning because I noticed that he's left with his left hand. I wonder if that's why he hesitated to carry a weapon and and all that because he's he's actually a righty and he lost his right, so he's kind of like a Jamie in Game of Thrones. He's so, not so confident with his offhand. But at least Jamie tried. Well, this guy's going to try now after he forswore all his oaths and whatnot. Ah, uh, that's true. So I yeah, he's got kind of the eye of the tiger. Mm-hmm. He looks like, and again. You know, badass, like, this isn't the days of swords and shields. He's got guns. So Mm -hmm. do I believe that he can be a dead-eyed shot? Sure. Sure. So 
I guess I've got got these mixed in here. Um, Hecate begins her campaign to free Ethan of his guilt by embracing his sins. And she humanizes herself a lot by saying she loves animals and that she was only following orders. Where have we heard that before? Well, but here, I mean, your average SS guard wasn't five years old. <laughs> When they were sworn into the German, uh, the, the the stormtroopers. So That's I, true. I did. I this actually did change how I feel about her. Did you think that was interesting that she said uh, Lucifer himself raked his claws across her? So and that guess, explains how they got all those weird naked scars. Yeah, that don't don't even look at the heel. Like I feel like the right, like, the ones in chest especially. Yeah. So and I. You know, this is stuff I'm bringing to the table with everything I know about, you know, kind of apocryphal lore of witchcraft. But, like, I thought, like, one of the things is you consummate your relationship with Satan. So it's like, are they implying that she was raped by him as a five-year-old? No, stop right there. Don't go any farther. Okay. (laughs) Or is she lying to gain his sympathy? Uh, I, I, because you're right not, she's she's a witch it's not her natural mother is it it's just her witch mother no i thought that was her real mother i don't think it was um, i think all those women were just there's an obvious physical like resemblance between no no you're oh. right the rest of them were like you know hangers on and whatnot but i i always thought hecate was the actual daughter of the the head head witch i don't think so I don't think it changes things if, but you're right. I have no evidence that she's actually telling the truth. Right. On the other hand, it wouldn't surprise me if she somehow redeems herself this season by sacrificing herself to save Ethan. You know what? I and then that that redeems her soul. Like I don't know if that's even a thing. No, I still refuse to believe any or believe any kind of redemption story arc for her. Well, I mean, mean, why is he going along with her at all? Well, because I think she trapped him in a stairwell to kill a friend of his. Vanessa is his friend. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. She made it her mission to hunt down Vanessa and probably still would kill her. I like, think why that is Ethan that someone you want to align prob- yourself with? It's, a, it's attractive for Ethan to have an ethos where he doesn't have to feel guilty about the things that he's done, including killing one of his friends last season. So this woman's offering him absolution. She's hot. She's helping him out in his vengeance, you know, because he's essentially like, I'm I'm locking myself away from all the people I care about because I'm too dangerous. And I'm I'm going to use this danger to set some rights to wrong and then I can die and go to hell or do whatever. A lot of people casual about their relationship with Hellfire this this episode. Can't blame them. Ethan, Ethan's dad, Hecate. They're all just hellbound and whistling on the southbound train. I don't know. The show makes hell look pretty sexy, don't you think? You know, the, you know I mean, if Dracula getting your getting came, your belly split open Colin. and raped as a five year old, if if that's uh... all right, the rape thing. <laughs> why? Why because are you going that's, there? Look in. All right, just because you were in a crazy cult doesn't mean five year olds get raped all the time. In the witchcraft thing, they do. It was like... a very loving relationship as the devil brought up this child. <laughs> He nurtured her, that he read her bedtime stories. It's consensual but complicated, I think is the term. So Ethan is, he has this flashback of washing his hands in a bloody river and tells a story about how they were slaughtering this Apache band. He got into it after a while, but then he saw a child's unrecognizable body thrown into the river to taint the water. So he shot the senator's son, his commander, mm-hmm. I didn't write down his title, um, shot him in the head and went back to the Apaches and begged for death. So that fills in that part of the story. Which is essentially what I surmised. So I felt like that tracked. It was like, okay, right. okay. 
Uh, Kate tonight is telling the same story to Sir Malcolm, and he says that Ethan came to them, and he made him fight his own army. There were 39 of them against approximately 5,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Hecate continues her campaign to turn him into evil. And she says, I'll prove it. Here, I'll summon a bunch of snakes to kill all these people. Mm-hmm. And Ethan's into it. Um, so she does this ritual with his blood on his hands. Yeah. She's, you know, writhing around in the dirt. Mm-hmm. She paints blood symbols all over her face. Mm-hmm. How does she get clean after that? I don't know. There's That's no water the... or hand sanitizer. I assume they don't have hand sanitizer that they're holding out on. I was, because the whole time that they were me. dying of thirst, I thought she was going to conjure water from the rocks or something. Because it feels like that, you know, summoning snakes on a large scale is a lot harder than, like, you know, washing Making your face. Making a horse undead so it rides forever without requiring water. Maybe Ethan just licked her face off like a dog. Okay. Clean. I hadn't considered that, but it makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's something he'd do. <laughs> uh, so... While she's summoning snakes, Malcolm goes for the horses by the camp. Um, Kate and A goes in, starts slitting throats, and... Gets two throats in. Gets two throat slits. Uh, He was so close to his turkey. MacGruber would be jealous. Yeah. (laughs) But another snake bites him first. Uh, So... The detective. Wait, Russ... Can we talk about how cool? It... Did you? Or, I don't know. Did you find it cool that he did the slit your throat and cut off the snake's head in one smooth motion? Yeah, that's what we were saying, wasn't it? Yeah, but I just like I just want to take a moment to talk about how oh yeah cool that was. That was really Although, badass. It's badass was completely contradicted when he got bit immediately afterwards. So uh, yeah, I, I would... guess half the venom and venom feminine feminine half the venom. Means twice the chance of survival, so good on you, Kate and A. But right, and he threw. He did get revenge by throwing the snake directly into fire. That's true, and it burst into flames. But you know what's ba- what's more badass than cutting uh, one snake's head off? Cutting two snakes. Cutting off. two in one smooth, fluid motion. That would have been cool if he went up and then back down for yeah. the one that was coming in, and he, then he got bit from behind. He actually sub- circumscribed an S through the air. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Real missed opportunity there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the Detective Rusk and I'm just going to call him the Constable, this shaggy The head marshal. I think he's just the, he's the U.S. Marshal. Constable Marshal. Um, they are all shooting wildly and everyone besides these two key characters die. Mm-hmm. The snakes yeah, what say, were they doing? all right, I'm done. What were they? They were, they were kind of off to their, on their own. Yeah, they were off having their, their badass showdown. And they were watching from afar. It went, I feel like it would have made more sense if they just stayed back. That way the snakes killed everyone in that proximity and went back underground. Well, I imagine they probably didn't know what the hell was going on. They just saw their men getting up and firing wildly. So they decided to rush into the fray and get shot <laughs> themselves. Yeah, I, it's, doesn't make, that, that doesn't make sense. No. The, the staging of that was questionable. Right. They made it out unscathed. Um, so, Even Malcolm, who's one job, like Kate and he's got to slit 15 throats. He's just got to steal two horses. Yeah. And he may manage to get his dumb ass caught as a, as a horse rustler. He got one kill in, though. Well, he did. A very only because, kill to the detective. O- o- only because the snakes, dist- det- yeah, the snakes distracted him. Right. So um, at this point, the detective and Constable Marshall don't know that there is another party in the mix, right? They don't know that Kate and A and Malcolm are even there. Right. They're blaming this all on Ethan and Hecate. The witch. The witch. 
Um, so Ethan and Hecate continue to ride, and they have to put down one horse. Uh, I mean, it's too bad that the devil didn't write a spell for that. <laughs> There's nothing you can do. Dead horse is a dead horse. Right. And water to be found. You can't conjure up a storm or... Yeah. I don't know. Nothing? Okay. No, I mean, I... Drink the horse's blood, nothing? That's, no blood magic I, there? I almost said that. Like, <laughs> I've heard tell That would of, work, right? Well, I, I read a book where uh, the purported to be a true story about people who are shipwrecked at sea, and they said, and I don't know if this would work, because I've never been shipwrecked, and I don't know if I could bring myself to do it, but I guess they would catch loggerhead turtles and slit their throat and drink their blood. I think I would try it before I died. Well, I mean, yeah, I think after you go crazy, thirsty, you, you try to drink about anything. I just don't know if it, what I mean, I don't know if it works in the same way. I don't know, like, you can't drink seawater. Right. Like, as much seawater as you drink, you're just essentially killing yourself. I, right. It feels like blood is at least as salty as that. You think so? I mean, it's got, like, the electrolytes and stuff in it. And that's just it's essentially stuff, salt. Right? It's just the good stuff, yeah. Electrolytes and iron it, it does, and... It, it, yeah. I don't know. What else is in blood? <laughs> I mean, it, it just doesn't seem like it's got enough water to, to allow your systems to function. But what do I know? I don't know. They were rescued soon after they Clearly resorted to nothing. the turtles, so I don't know if that could keep them going for like an extra half day or it actually took a half day off for survivability. I don't know. Right. And, I mean, it's a real wasted opportunity because you think there's power in lupus day blood... It's lots of power in horse blood. Equin day. Horse this was blood. the horse of God. <laughs> God's got one animal sponsor in the entire kingdom. Yeah. There's a frog of God. There's a mouse of God. God help us. There's even a cat of God. <laughs> God help us indeed. Um, okay. Where were we? There's a crawfish so, of God. <laughs> so uh, there's platypus of God. So they find a cave, a cave that Ethan is familiar with. Seems like he knows exactly where he's going. And they start a fire and they discover the cave drawings or paintings. And this depicts the story of the first Apache or maybe the prophecy for the last. Yeah. She's like, well, if you play this backwards, it's essentially the tale of a wolf, uh, coyote, excuse me, um, uh, the, it's essentially a, a story of a coyote destroying the entire earth and covering it in blackness. But there again, um, I mean, I don't know. Can you do that to stories? Like just read them backwards and be like, oh, this is something totally different. Yeah. Isn't that how they say the Lord's Prayer in double tongue? Just well, it's just kind of like you need, when you play the Beatles album backwards and it's Ringo telling you to sacrifice your sons to Satan or if you watch the... Uh, Wizard of Oz synchronized to backwards Pink Floyd. Floyd. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly (laughs) like that. (laughs) It's that kind of thing. (laughs) This is the the reading cave paintings backwards was that that, that equivalent. So he says that uh, he led the Apaches to his father's ranch to get all their guns and horses and foods and whatnot. And he says that I'm done repenting for all these things and uh she finally gets over gets him to roll over and she scratches his belly so to speak (laughs) pretty pretty hot belly scratching scene yeah uh i i I enjoyed it do you so it it, they're implying here that um kate and they 
lied to him, sold him up, sold him a bill of goods that uh, he didn't keep. With it uh, seems that way because his well, father later those... says your Apache did this while he looked in my eyes. It seemed well, like he was referencing the same guy. And did he? Did is one of those things where it's like, well, I said I wouldn't fire a shot. I didn't say anything about gouging your sister's tongue and eyes out. Like <sighs> there was no shots fired. Can you forgive Kate and if that's the truth? I don't know. I mean, no, that's not the solution to anything. You can't murder your way out of, you know, being hated and hunted by society. Like that's not the that's not the way forward. So, no, I don't forgive him, but I kind of understand if your tribe is systematically wiped out. But you did, might have a maladaptive way of dealing with that situation, right? But what did Ethan's father's family specifically do? Like, he, he made talk a big game, but it was actually the United States Army that was killing these people. And his father just had a ranch on this land. Well, but, yeah, and I'm not sure exactly what all of his father's done to be worthy of hell. I mean, uh, if I just go by what I've seen in this series, he, as Ethan said, I, he literally murdered a train full of innocent people to get at his son. Is that what happened? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. His outlaws bushwhacked the lawful, you know, like uh, all the people in that train, oh. plus all the officers of the law. That's the same. And then oh, they got okay. reverse bushwhacked by the witch and Ethan. And then they got reverse, he reverse, reverse bushwhacked. A train full of people. Okay. He said my son was on that train. So for some reason, I thought there were other siblings I wasn't accounting for hmm. because he made it seem like, but he's just, Okay. But no, so I I feel like that he I, I don't understand again what all this guy's done that he deems himself hell worthy. But mm-hmm. just from what I've seen him do this season, it seems like I that's something I could be talked into pretty easily. Is Detective Rusk part of the Pinkerton Detective Agency? No, the Pinkerton is an American private investigation so the pinkertons were after ethan remember that's the guy that got his face ripped off and he wore that freaky kind of like half mask i was trying to put together who all he sent to hunt after ethan right pinkertons and then the detective russ got involved when he murdered that entire bar right okay yeah okay uh so yes he sent a number of people after ethan um so kate danae is fucked See that snake bite on his arm? Mm-hmm. Pretty, Pretty bad. <laughs> but it's not fa- it's not fatal, especially a healthy adult. Yeah, like you can survive. Now that's the thing. Like the sun well, scorched earth later. But anytime someone gets left for dead, I assume that they are the the dead part is going to come later, uh, if not much later, or maybe indefinitely later. Right. Because a snake bite's games, not fatal. They come back. Sure. Sure. Snake bites are not necessarily fatal. I think that you can survive them. Now, you're, like you said, it's not great for your prognosis to be left for dead in the middle of the high noon sun. But, mm-hmm. you know, he's kidding. Kid- Kate, nay, he's been through some shit. I don't know. I think if I get a snake bite in my forearm that I'm desperately, like, sucking and, like, probably cutting that, yeah, that entire I, chunk of skin just to be safe. I thought, if I die, I die, but at least I tried. I kind of thought we'd see the whole, like, trying to slit and suck out the poison or some kind of, Malcolm, like... Malcolm, you have to suck my arm. <laughs> that's right. There's only one thing you can do to save me. Suck my... No. <laughs> um, Bad. Yeah. I, I, I don't just know. rape and dick sucking. And is, that all, is that all we get out of you? <laughs> <laughs> so he says, if I don't survive through the night... I want you to know I had a vision of the world cast into darkness and it was ravaged by what we know are vampires. Creatures of the night. Ethan is either being controlled by them or is a part of their group. 
in some undetermined way. But again, he's just one werewolf. This does harken back to a listener's feedback. I think it was Garth Ghoul who said that they were reading Dracula over again and that uh-huh. Dracula had power over werewolves. Sure. Well, you think that's going to be a thing? Seems like be. it's going to be a thing. But that's why I'm saying like I don't understand why he's the linchpin because he's just one werewolf. We have two half devils running around, and all these vampires. Like I, I don't, I don't understand why he is the linchpin. Or maybe even if he is, like what is his? The witches seem to be terrified of him. People are accounting for them in his plans. Like he's got to have some. Like is he going like, that fifth element type of thing? Where if him and Vanessa ever bone, he turns into a laser cannon of goodness. Like I, I, I don't, I don't yeah, know. That would be awesome. Two devils, one cup. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they fuck already in the cave, and they uh, smash the last of the water and throw out the canteen. Yeah, like, uh, you know, Ethan, if you do find water in the desert, you might want that canteen to carry it in. Yeah, it's not like There's only so much you can carry in your mouth. It's empty. It's not weighing you down anymore (laughs) with all that water that's not there. Like, it's some out of the Three Amigos. Do you remember that scene? No. Oh well, it's a it's a it's an old movie, but there's. I know the movie. I don't know what you're talking about. The though. one where it's like they're all like almost out of water, and like the one guy's just got a few drops left, and the other guy tilts it back, and just like literally dust and sand goes in his mouth. And I think it's Chevy Chase has got like a whole canteen left, and he's gargling and brushing his teeth and and spraying it all over his face, and then he just takes the half canteen and just throws it down onto the ground, and it's like just, you know that's that's kind of what I thought. Hilarious, yes. It's um, like, you know, like I if I have a plastic empty plastic bottle in the desert, I don't throw it out. I'm gonna save it in case I come across the water, much less, you know, the craftsmanship that goes into one of these old timey canteens. Yeah, that was nice. Had canvas back yeah. in with like a custom leather strap. Yeah. <laughs> Monogram that said Ethan E C on it. Ethan Hart's Hecate forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Don't need it. Um Mr. Vanessa Ives. <laughs> so they are being followed by or being followed closely by Katana and Malcolm and they walk and their horse the other horse dies they walk and collapse in the desert and uh just in time to be found by Malcolm and Katana. Mhm. I like Ethan's reaction. What <laughs> that the That smile fuck? on his face cracking. Yeah, up. like can you you can't even believe like, it. Yeah. Like I know I've I'm half wed to the devil already, but you you <laughs> Malcolm, you This guy. Yeah. Um so Malcolm asks if Hecate is still alive and tries to kill her. But uh, too late, he's formed an attachment to her. And then his father's men show up to take them back. Mm-hmm. Where they leave Kate and A on the ground. Presumably so- to die. It's kind of amazing that Ethan was ready to kill Sir Malcolm for standing up for wanting Hecate to die. When at any point last season, this is a trade they both would gladly make. That story about the five-year-old and Satan really, really struck his his dog heartstrings. His dog heart. Really plucked him, plucked him good. <laughs> then the doggy style sex. She's just, she's just, she's all, she's all living the dog dream with him. She That's is. The, if she gets out the milk bones. That'll be really playing dirty pool. <laughs> Ethan wakes up later to find his father nursing his wounds. Mm-hmm. 
What do you think of this actor who plays his father? It's like the major striker from the X-Men. He's yes. been in a bunch of other stuff. Yes, that's where I know him. Yeah, that's the the one that... I, I, I He's been in... He's played in so many roles. I'm pretty sure he was a giant. Oh, yeah. He usually plays this kind of giant, officious asshole. He did that in Born the, the Bourne series, I'm pretty sure. I know mm-hmm. he did it in mm-hmm. X-Men, memorably. Mm-hmm. Um, I... He's the good guy for the role. Like, if you want to instinctively dislike a guy, he's good at giving you that vibe. But he's also, like, I thought uh, it was impressive kind of the way he was working Sir Malcolm because he's got enough gentility that he can, you know, Sir Malcolm is a is a, is a is a gentleman. Right. I think that's a very southern thing to do is to... But this isn't I a very think, southern place. This well, is the, well, hear me out. Okay. There... You know, I think the saying, kill them with kindness, was born in the South. Was it? Because uh, saying things like, oh, aren't you sweet? It's just another way of saying, wow, you're a dumbass. Yeah, like, oh, bless your heart. Exactly. You're too dumb to live. (laughs) So they have a way of wording things with just enough undertone of menace to it. That I feel like that's that's the kind of thing yeah. that he's got going on. That's one of the chief ple- pleasures of watching Justified is to watch people just cut each other up with. Right to ask you the story about your family, uh, just to see if you're lying, I assume, yeah. and then to drop details that you did not right. offer. Right. Um. So Malcolm is called down first to have drinks with his name is Jared Talbot, and they have some fine Tennessee whiskey, which turns out is Buffalo Trace. So it's it's not literally Buffalo. I kept on reading, and apparently this William Weller, uh, who the story is like legit, is right off the company website. But the parent company that owns that owns Buffalo Trace and Pappy Van Winkle and a few other famous brands. But apparently you can still get it. William Weller today. William Weller? Is that just the name of that whiskey, or is that just the distillery? I looked at the bottle, and yeah, it says William Weller right on it. Okay. Um, but I, yeah, I've never had it. It's wheat, wheat whiskey, wheat bourbon. Mm-hmm. Wheat mash. Mm-hmm. Um, so he won't let Malcolm see Ethan or Hecate. And he does ask him about his family. And he says that I enlisted your son to help me find my daughter, but I couldn't save my daughter. And he said, uh, well, the Lord have mercy on their souls. Meaning that he knows about his son and presumably his wife as well. Yeah. His whole family, save Ethan. Yeah. And that does some cold-blooded smack he laid on Sir Malcolm when he's like, the only dif- the difference between you... Well, one of the difference between you and me is that I still have a kid, a, uh, a son left to save. Ooh. Yeah. World star. Yeah. You're, world star. You're the, you're, I'm, I'm the world's greatest dad compared to you because I still got one of them kicking, so... Right, if he doesn't kill me first, also, well, I I've win. Nev- I've never been locked in a hellish room with my undead wife, fa- mother, or uh, wife, daughter. son, and daughter, yep. and trying to tempt me into killing myself. So I got that over you too. Well, we don't know that yet. <laughs> <laughs> those those uh, peyote visions That'd be funny are if, powerful. Like, when he walked in on Ethan, and Ethan just like everything he says, just kill yourself, kill yourself. Oh yeah, okay, kill yourself. It's not a good argument. That's an internet argument. <laughs> Essentially. Never works. See, I'm still here. I haven't killed myself yet. <laughs> so uh, he says that Talbot Range is named after him. He has mountains named after him. And Malcolm says that uh, at what price? And he says that I basically I know what you did in Africa, how many people you killed. So he enlists Malcolm into staying with him or um, excuse me. Into getting Ethan to stay with him. Um, 
what can eat or what can Malcolm do? I don't. That's why I don't understand the stakes here because it's like, well, what if I fail? Then you die. What if I succeed? You're probably still going to die. What if I don't want to help you? I mean, like, right? Why is what is Sir Malcolm supposed to do? It's not going to be nakedly in his self-interest and Ethan's going to smell a, a mile away even if he wasn't half-wolf. Like, I I don't understand other than, you know, it's it's fun to have Malcolm around and I'm sure they're going to figure out a way to escape the situation together. But it seems incredibly stupid for Ethan's father to not just shoot him in the face right now. Uh, He's got a dangerous, formidable man by I his think own they're admission. Both, they're both gentlemen. No, this guy's hellbound. Like he's good at They're pretending to be a gentleman. Bound. I know, but I'm saying like I, it's just dumb. It's dumb to if you, uh, to to have this guy now, unless he's going to torture Sir Malcolm in front of Ethan to coerce a confession or a, uh, the, the, what does he want a, a atonement from him? But I I don't know. Um. So upstairs, how apropos was it that Hecate woke up and was surrounded by these creepy dolls? Pretty cool. Much like, uh, especially since they're kind of sort of haunted. Ventriloquist room, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that they're literally haunted, but it wouldn't surprise me in the show. Ha- if they haunted were. in the in the sense that a little girl is dead and her yeah, room is and still this is a shrine, shrine to, to her. her. Yeah. Uh, so she goes to Ethan and thanks him for saving her life. Which did he really? I. So he drug her ten feet. Then Malcolm gave him a drink. It, to be more accurate, uh, Ethan's father saved them. Ethan's father's men, right? They yes. all, all would have died if they just stayed there. Yeah, yeah. Nobody thinks the the horse horse gave his the both horses gave his lot their lives. All that wasted blood. Yeah, and they could have just stopped walking and waited for Sir Malcolm to pick him up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and his father also his father's looking for them, so like it's. It's it's arguable that he could have just sat in that town. Well, I guess he'd have to kill Rusk too. Right. And they're not they're not ready to do that. But you know, I don't know that Ethan had to go searching for his dad. And I I don't I I mean I'm interested to in see where this goes, but I am useless as far as thinking what's going to happen next because his dad's got him drawn at gunpoint. He's got. Well, I mean we're, I'm jumping ahead. I'm sorry. You are. Uh, so Ethan is called down to the chapel where his father is waiting for him and they, he says that he brought him back just to save his soul and he wants him to atone for his sins. He can't forgive him and he won't forget, but he wants to force him to atone for all of it. So he reveals that the chapel stay exactly the same as it was when the Apaches attacked uh, the older brother brought the brother or mother and sister to the chapel. All the ammunition was gone, so they all hoard, boarded up in there. And they made him watch as his son was lanced into a fleshy pulp. The mother was scalped, and he cut out the precious little sister's tongue and eyes so that she would wander the world or this room, or this place, blind and mute. See, that's why I'm wondering why if there's not going to literally be some kind of ghost of Ethan's sister that plays that's some kind of figurative. Stupid. I don't what? what? See a ghost. There's. You don't want to see a ghost in this show. No. You don't. Maybe next season as a plot point, but there's already a bunch of shit going on. I just want them to get over with this and okay. go back to London. Well, I'm back saying, where the story is. Let's just do it. <laughs> I'm saying that I think that there's going to be a ghost of the sister. 
Well, good for you when it happens, because I'll be rolling my eyes super hard. Well, you, you, what if your <laughs> eyes get gouged out? Then you'll be rolling them forever into haunted lands. I will. I will. Uh, oh, I'm going to haunt you so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he he forces him at gunpoint to atone and repent. And he says, never my soul is belongs to hell. Some other creepy stuff like that. Yeah. Yep, I'm, I deserve to die, and I de- I'm, I'm, I'm done repenting, and I belong in hell. So, I'm not afraid to die, I'm not afraid to go to hell, you got nothing on me. But also, also Ethan wants to kill his dad, so this is, I don't know, why doesn't his father just pull the trigger at this point? I don't know, we'll find out next week. Maybe Ethan dies immediately in the opening scene. He's like, can, did, I tell you what, Dad, you can kill me, but can you wait like three and a half weeks? <laughs> it'd be pretty like i always wanted to die by the light of the full moon if you could just do me that solid yeah do you think his father knows does his father know i don't there's no know. way he could right no maybe he would if the pinkertons were reporting back to him that's true if there were a single living member of that town where he most recently was where everyone was murdered by a beast yeah and ethan was the only surviving person right he'd have I, to know right i guess i guess although I still don't know when did when did Ethan get cursed to be a werewolf because I assumed it was going to be whenever he joined Kate and A's tribe, but clearly that's not the I case. I believe that's what happened. He, I they, forced him to suffer to live. Yeah, but that was just by fighting the army that he was against. But like, was he born a werewolf or is his dad a werewolf too? I don't think that's the case. In which case, he had to transform sometime and. That's a significant detail for Kiatne to leave out. I feel like that his werewolf origin is going to come later. And hopefully they didn't go into this in season one because I don't remember and this yeah, is all... I feel like maybe they did, but I don't know. I feel like they're kind of just... Like, Ethan had a story in season one and he was this traveling carnival master marksman. I remember that I, uh, the and, I, I said, this guy's a werewolf in like episode three or four. And you're like, get the fuck out. No, I think we agreed. It seemed obvious. Oh, you're trying to you're, you're putting a bolt. You're putting yeah. a brave face on it. You're just trying to take way too much credit. <laughs> well, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think it was that subtle of a plot point because there was like all this like a wolves and affinity with wolves and and you know the, plus this being what the show is like. Well, I got Frankenstein's monster. I got vampires. I got Valhint. What, what am I missing? The Wolfman. All, right. all right, you guessed them all. But what I'm saying so is, in, I think I, in season I, one he had this hinted at backstory where he was a werewolf, and, and the reveal was that he was a werewolf. I don't think there was time to talk about his origin story, and I right. know for a fact they didn't talk about it last year. So, so in season one, like I was saying, they continued or they hinted at the fact that he had killed a bunch of. Um, Native Americans, and then that was this tortured soul part. Do you mm-hmm. think they had this planned from the beginning, or no? Do you think that they Every- are just filling this in as they go? In the last five years, everything I've I know about television is it's the very rare series that's planned from the beginning. That most, even ones you'd swear were like Breaking Bad, like they have only the loosest ideas of where they want it to go, and it's just like every year they come in and like, hey, got a fresh fresh clean slate and we're going to see where we could we can take this i don't know you think matthew weiner feels that way yeah no i he said that he yeah i mean he's he's a liar well <laughs> that's the other thing these these guys all lie but um i mean he's another no, one it's like he had an idea of what he wanted to find where don draper to be at the end of it and, right but no i don't think anybody plots all this stuff out in advance i wonder what it'd be like if you did have a a tight, concise story. We where... know everyone says that's about that's the charm of Babylon Five. 
but I've yeah. never I never was able to get because that that was the one that like he this the creator had a five year arc planned out in advance and they just executed it and pretty much pretty faithful to his vision. But I never could get past the shitty special effects. I, I mean, I feel like maybe these stories are written that way or conceived that way well like if matthew weiner or vince gilligan went into it and said this is how it starts is how it ends this is how it ends this is my vision for it but amc gives you more and more money and says just one more season one more season one more half season maybe i don't think that's ever happened it changes into i don't know nah they could have been canceled before. I mean, Mad Men and Breaking Bad is about the time where they started doing the half season bullshit. Well, that's so the stretch. That they stretch it out throughout the year. Yeah, but like for Vince, just invent seasons. I don't think that ever happened. I think he wanted to tell the story he told, and he he did it. But he planned to have four and a, five. Okay, you got me. And a half seasons. I'm just saying, like, you have enough money involved and enough studio execs telling you your job's on the line, then I think that is absolutely a possibility. Okay. Maybe it only works if you have like one season shows, like what? True Detective. I think there's certain plots that have legs, and you have an idea if you're if if you're one of these genius level creators about how much story is there and when you're going to start. Like, well, if I go stretch beyond this, I'm probably going to have to pad because you've got like ideas. But once like those ideas are explored and you've done like all the characters to justice, then you're essentially threatened to you know go retreading stuff, and nobody wants to do that. Nobody got time for that. I mean, that's the way, like, pre the golden age of television, that's how all television series, they just got ran into the fucking ground, you know, until they were no longer popular and they no longer made money. And they were terrible at that time because they, and and because they weren't making any money and they weren't popular and they just kind of limped off. Now shows have the luxury of kind of going out on top. I know there's a few exceptions. Like, I, you know, everyone says MASH was amazing throughout its entire run. Yeah. But, like, this, where people, like, I remember more often than not being disappointed in the way my favorite series has ended. Like, Star Trek, I guess, was pretty good through the end, the yeah. next generation. I, I was a Lost fan that was there every Sunday night. Was it Monday? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I, I was there. I didn't record it. I didn't skip through the commercials. I was there as it was airing, and I can't say that I've really done that for any other show ever. Yeah. Um. Wow, what a letdown. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can I can bear I don't remember finishing most of the shows of my youth like Night Rider. I stopped watching that because it started sucking and Airwolf and all those stuff like were long before they got canceled. Right, but did those things really have a story that held them together? No, then that's the other thing. They were procedurals episodic. rather than yeah. serial, so why are we talking about this? I don't, I don't know. know. I just it. I think it's interesting. No, the, the, I the, Penny the, Dreadful. The, the, thing about, question... the thing about Penny Dreadful that they're kind of cheating is they have all this gothic horror literature that they can just like, hey, we've got uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, and we got the Bram Stoker's Dracula, and we've got uh, you know the fucking Swamp Thing and the uh, Creature from the Bl- the Black Lagoon and Bride of Frankenstein. We haven't gone there yet. Well, those are more like Holly, you know, Hollywood and Hammer Horror kind of stuff. But you know what I'm saying? Like they have this body of literature that they can adapt from, right? Um, so they have a little bit of built-in story arcs, but no, I, I don't think that they've got, they, they might now have in mind where they want to go next season, but who knows? Like if they come back next season with a unified Lucifer, then I'd say, yeah, they probably had that in the bag, but they could go in a completely different direction. Right. So ready for some feedback? Yes, please. You can send feedback in as always, pennyearful at baldmove.com.
Or on the forums, forums.baldmove.com. That's the ticket. So the first one is from Kelly G. She says, was this the first episode with no Vanessa ever? The, I felt the lack of her as she is the glue that holds the show together. There's lots of love here. So much biblical reference. It was oozing out everywhere. Ethan was literally in the desert with Satan, or at least Satan's minion. Christ was also made to suffer in the desert where he was tempted for 40 days and nights. One way Satan tempted Jesus was to show him all the kingdoms of earth and say he could rule them all. All Jesus had to do was worship Satan. I'm surprised you didn't catch on to that. You, 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 you Bible thumper. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm sometimes I have blind spots of that. Okay. Is this not what Hecate is promising Ethan? Become the animal of Lucifer and he will rule over the world. Simply submit to the devil and the world will be ruled by darkness. And Ethan seems tempted to do so. Is this a reverse parallel to the temptation of Christ? Ethan's father references the parable of the prodigal son returning home, also a biblical reference. He tells Sir Malcolm the story, even using language from the Bible, the killing of the fattened calf to celebrate the return of his wayward son. Yet it seems that Ethan's father is not welcoming his son and forgiving him just yet. Ethan is not a repentant son either, so maybe this is also a biblical story turned on its head. Could be. The scene between Ethan and his father... I mean, that's the other piece of like uh, non-Gothic horror literature. The Bible is definitely something that they draw a lot of their kind of uh, source material and ideas from. Right. It's no branch of Christianity I'm familiar with, but it's definitely, you know, an important theme in the work. Uh, The scene between Ethan and his father takes place in a chapel. It references his brother taking his mother and sister, shielding them like the good shepherd, a reference to Christ again. His sister had her eyes and tongue cut out and made to suffer as the saints did, most likely comparing her to those who were tortured and martyred for their Christian faith. Yeah, that's that's some good stuff. The next emailer is Rennie. I'll admit I'm not familiar with Brian Cox, but his performance was amazing. That's the actor's name. He plays Jared Talbot. William Stryker. (laughs) Yes. That last scene where he described what happened at the chapel was really powerful. We've never seen or heard about any of those characters, so by all accounts, I shouldn't have cared, but it made me tear up a little nonetheless. Hecate is the worst witch ever. Her mother managed to keep herself young for centuries, but she can't even conjure up a little water, or at the very least, restore some of their... And the horse's energy. I call bullshit on that. That's what I was saying. Like, there, that should be, like, witchcraft 101. Just right. the basic... Uh... Sur- desert survival. Yeah. <laughs> basic. They need Boy Scouts can do it. Why can't you? They need, a, they need you? a Cody Lundin out there, man. <laughs> he would have been, like, slicing open cactuses and digging six feet into the ground and putting tarps over pits with pebbles on it. And yeah. they'd have been drinking like kings. <laughs> you can't... The Satan can't conjure up a thimble full of water. Right. I guess that's kind of like not his ability. Wasn't that the, you know, the whole rich man in hell? He was wanting, I'm going to throw, show my Bible. He he was uh, praying go. to uh, the, the righteous man is in the bosom of Abraham. He just wanted to want him to dip his finger in cool water and touch it on his tongue because he's in the hell and it's burning him so hot. Devil, what's what's the devil going to do with water? He's, he's It's even hotter in hell than it is in the desert. So you're no saying water there. She shouldn't need water? I'm just saying that she couldn't conjure it. Like... Or need I, it either, really. Like, de- like, like you die. Like, the, it'd probably please the devil for you to die of thirst. I mean, that's the other thing. The devil probably doesn't have your best interest in heart. Like, yeah, he kind of wants to subvert the lupus day so that he can 
you know, walk about the earth or whatever he wants wanting to do. But if they all die in the attempt, that's kind of like cool with him too. I don't understand why it's all the, grist for his mill. Why the devil doesn't make it easy on you? I don't understand why the devil would want to work. Well, it, I mean, like, that's, they're with... trying to do that rehabilitation of his image, right? She's like, no, no, it's it's the hateful god who. And his damn bloody throne that's all the bad stuff, and Satan just wants the good stuff for you. But, yeah, I don't know. Sound like you're trying to convert me to uh, Satanism. <laughs> uh, Glazebrook Girl writes in, I think this episode suffered from too much Ethan. I love that guy, but he is better when folded in and interacting with the squad. Hashtag squad. He just seems so lost right now and not in an interesting way. And there was a ton of exposition by everyone. It felt a little laggy. Uh, Jekyll and Hyde are dragging to you. I mean, how many scenes do we need of this to get the point? Meanwhile, the real meaty stuff is absent. Vanessa and Dracula and John Clare and perhaps to a lesser extent Lillian and Dorian. Although the whole Justine plot is intriguing. Uh, Yes, that's what I was saying. If I had to rank them, it would be Vanessa and Dracula, and then a close second, if not same level tier, if by storylines, uh, John Clare underneath it. Although it pains me to say it because I still hate him. Yeah. Um, and and I, then I'm not interested in John Clare. I'm interested in his pre-John Clare life. Right. Exactly. And then Dorian and Lily underneath that. Mm, yeah, they're pretty fascinating, too. And then I would say... I would say that Ethan and Frankenstein's storylines are about even footing at this, Mm -hmm. the bronze tier for me. Bronze Uh, tier, eh? Bronze tier. It's just 10 after that. Yeah. It's a shit tier. (laughs) Five out of 10 would not watch. Not true. We watched this episode. We made it through. We're ready for some action. This isn't a bad episode. No. This is, this is like, a, I guess, an 8 out of 10, 7 out of 10 at worst. It's just, it's just, it's just, you know, it was a lot of, it was a lot of Ethan. Okay. And a smidge of Frankenstein and left a sour taste in my mouth. I think it's, it's, it's uh, I, I do feel like that this is the first episode with, with only, with no Vanessa in it, and it was the poorer for it. I could be wrong, but... Definitely, I missed. I, I it, it, she was so electrifying last episode, but then again, there was no. That's the thing. She can carry an episode, oh, especially yeah. just if you in have, a white room by herself. Yeah, but the rest of the cast had a harder time carrying their plot. Right. So, but you, that's again. I I, so I think some of that structurally, they're trying to do something a little different. Which was harder for us to kind of, you know, invest in. Whereas Vanessa, we've been invested in that one plot line from the beginning. It's arguably the main thrust of the series. Right. Do you think this would have benefited or suffered this episode and the last one if they had broken it up and had some of the Ethan storyline spliced in the scenes of her and her white room and the two episodes were sort of mixed together? Or do you prefer the semi-bottle episodes? Yeah, I liked, I, I liked the purity of the bottle episode. And I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't want to like sh- riffle shuffle this stuff. These last two episodes together, but the consequence of that is you had a like you essentially instead of having an A plot B plot within an episode, you had an A episode B episode. Again, it sounds like I'm being down on it, but I still like this episode. Just can't wait to get back to the juicy stuff. Yeah, that's the that's the hell about covering a show because even like Game of Thrones this week had a what you call a set piece moving episode, right? 
And it's hard to talk about that. It's like, it's not as amazing as it was, but it's still good. And we need this to set up more amazing episodes. I can't, I would not watch a show that had all of these episodes. Right. But I understand their importance in the show overall. And this this it's plot the hump has you got to jump over. You're in the very incipient stages of this Ethan father like resolution plot, whereas Vanessa, we're always it feels like in the thick of her battle against the forces of evil. So uh, it's like they could get there by the end of the season. I, I don't know, but it just feels like that this whole America thing is a sidestep. They the get Ethan out of country so Dracula can have his way with Vanessa, right? Because it seems like he's going to wreck house in America and come back to England, and we're going to have her Penny and Dreadful. She'll back. be in too deep, and so will so he. like he's uh, ultimately, the, there's going to be some there. There'll be the the the, the fruits of the American storyline is some probably minor. Uh, could development for Ethan. Maybe he gets over his guilt complex. Yeah. So he can fully embrace his uh, lupus day thing, which is necessary, but little, not, not as interesting as Vanessa in a padded room. Uh, my prediction for next week, Jared Talbot is also a werewolf. They have a werewolf night fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh? An offshore illegal werewolf yeah. night fight. All right. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I would give even odds about whether he's a werewolf or not, but uh, good for you for swinging for defenses. Thanks. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about this season. Most of my predictions, or just the one, have been right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So if you'd like to send us more feedback, it's pennyearful at baldmove.com or forums.baldmove.com as all. Oh, one programming Whoa. note. We will be a day late with the podcast next week because I will be in Indiana on Tuesday, the, uh, all of Tuesday, because my father's uh, having surgery, so I'm going back to home to to, uh, to uh, rest a confession from him at gunpoint. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Force him to atone. Force him to atone, and also uh, undergo a heart procedure to determine if he has one, and uh, then I'll be back. But no, we'll be. Uh, uh, I'm not sure exactly what the schedule is, but we'll be a day late, but not a, a dollar, dollar short. short. Only or 50, not fifty cents at best, fifty cents at worst. <laughs> Two pence, none the Six wiser. Pence, none the richer. All right, that's the episode. We'll see you next week. Bye. I'm Cecily. I'm Aaron. Bye. <laughs> Bye.